0: Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the LifePoint Christian Church Podcast. Let's get started. Good morning, everyone. So good to have you with us today, and if you're online, we welcome you as well. Uh, you're part of the church family just as much as everybody who sits in the seats here, so welcome. Thanks for being here with us. We're, we're in our series together uh, on Advent. I, I didn't grow up uh, doing Advent. I didn't know anything about Advent, and once we started having kids and we started uh, celebrating Advent as a family, we discovered what that was about. And so, so we're doing that as a church, and, and it's going through uh, uh, talking about specific topics, for example, you have the Advent wreath, a uh, part of the Advent celebration. And, and so first week, week one, we lit the first candle, which is the candle of, if for some of you who remember, the candle of hope. And I hope the flame gets tall enough. There it is. So you see the candle, the candle of hope. And then week two, we talked about the second candle, which is the candle of faith. Everybody say Faith. 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 So we have the candle of faith. Again, if you you missed either of the first two weeks, I'd really encourage you to go back and and watch or listen to the messages, check them out. They're so important for us, especially this Christmas season. Well, this is week three, and week three, we light the the pink candle or the red or rose-colored candle, which is the candle of joy. Everybody say joy. This candle is referred to as the shepherd's candle, and it refers to the joy that was present Uh, with the shepherds because of the message that was delivered that a savior had come. Again, Advent means the coming or the arrival, and so today we celebrate uh, along with the the shepherds, the, the coming, the arrival of our Savior. The Apostle John describes this coming of the Christ this way. He said in John chapter 1, he said, The Word of God, which is the Word of God, became flesh and lived with us. That's the imagery. That's what took place on Christmas. Now I recognize that Christmas means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. The Christmas day, the Christmas season. For example, some of you, you just love Christmas season. I mean, it's 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 fun. There's food. There's family. There's presents. uh, Vacation time. You just love the season. Others of you, it's not so much. Christmas or even this Christmas is a difficult time for you. Maybe you don't have family. Maybe for some of you, you don't have a loved one who's been with you and this Christmas season might be the first time or the fifth time or the 10th time. There's an empty chair at the table and you think about that and and it's, it's hard for you this Christmas. I'm mindful of those who struggle during this Christmas season. But no matter what our state, I hope we all grab a hold of what God intends for us for Christmas to be. Christmas is meant to be a time, a season of joy, of great joy. And that's the message that the angel or the angels delivered to the shepherds that that Christmas evening. And I want to look at that familiar passage. It's a passage that many of us know, maybe maybe all of us know. uh, On some level, you've heard it. uh, You've watched it on TV uh, being declared. Maybe you've been in a play. You know, you are a shepherd. You are a rock. You know, whatever. You are the baby. You are Joseph. You've been in the story. But let's read that familiar story together found in Luke chapter 2. And it says this, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. Say terrified. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. You see, the message of Christmas is about rejoicing. The message of Christmas is about praising. The message of Christmas is about joy, great joy for all the people. Now, what is joy specifically? We hear that word, but what is it? Well, it, it has a very robust definition because in Scripture, you, there's, there's the three Hebrew words that, that represent joy, and, and in the New Testament, in the Greek language, there's about 10 different words that represent joy. And so you take the, the word joy and rejoicing, it's all tied together, there's over 400 references to joy in the scriptures. So this robust definition, what does it even mean? Well, joy is a lot. First of all, it's an emotion. There's the emotion of joy. It means gladness, delight, or contentment in the Lord. You choose joy. And yet scripture also says that joy comes from the Lord. In Galatians chapter five, it talks about joy being the fruit of the spirit and the fruit of the Spirit and it's a byproduct of the Holy Spirit living in us we see in James also that biblical joy is responding to our external circumstances with an inner contentment and satisfaction because we know God's going to use those experiences in our lives and he's going to use them to accomplish his work and his will in our lives so joy is robust, and, and, and what do some pastors say? Some, some of the more famous pastors, Pastor John Piper describes joy this way. He says, Christian joy is a good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as it causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the Word and in the world. And then Pastor Rick Warren describes it this way. He says joy is three things. He says it's the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. It's the quiet confidence that ultimately everything's going to be all right. And it's the determined choice to praise God in every situation. Joy, it's robust. And some of you might be thinking, you know something? Joy just isn't on the table for me this year. Joy's not on the table. I'm having a real hard time this Christmas season. I'm having a hard time uh, with my career. I'm having problems in my career. I have problems with my health. I have problems with other family members, uh, with their health and my family. I'm having issues and problems with my marriage, with my kids, with other relationships. And I know I'm going to have problems when family comes into town. And the second they get here, I'm going to be ready for them to leave. And finally, some of us say, ah, this is no season for joy because I already know what I spent. And when that credit card bill comes next month, I'm going to be out of luck. I'm in big trouble. There's no joy for me. But listen, you can have joy this Christmas. You can have joy. That's what God has for you. And this story with the shepherds and with the angels shows us how you and I can actually experience joy this Christmas. So let's look back at the story. In Luke chapter 2, verse 10, the angel said to them, "'Do not be afraid, I bring you good news of great joy.'" So how do you and I experience joy this Christmas? The angel said, do not be afraid. Did you know that that fear is is one of the biggest joy killers in our lives? That fear actually robs us uh, of joy. Fear can cancel out our joy. Pastor and biblical scholar Ray Steadman said this. He said the chief mark of a Christian ought to be the absence of pr- fear and the presence of joy. He says, it's that presence of joy and the absence of fear that marks our genuine Christianity. And it proves that we, we, we really are what we claim to be. See, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're experiencing in life right now, like the te- shepherds, you might even in the midst of that, you might be a little fearful. You might, like the shepherds, even be terrified afraid. But God says through the angels, I know you're afraid. I know you're terrified. But I have so much, uh, something so much better for you than fear. I have something so much better, and that is joy. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Have joy. Now, how else can you and I experience uh, joy this Christmas? In verse 10, the angel said to them, like we just said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. Verse 13, suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God. Say praising God. God. After the shepherds saw the Savior, or after the shepherds saw that the Savior is present, and they went and visited him, verse 20 says this, the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God. Somebody shout, praising God. God. Praising God for all they, heard, all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. See, you may not feel like it, but it's time to rejoice. You may not be in the mood, so to speak, but it's time to celebrate. It's time to glorify and praise God. Why? Because Jesus has come and our world, and he knew, uh, God knew, was about, our world was about to forever be changed. That your life would be forever changed. You and I, we're going to experience great joy in our lives when we glorify and praise God. Hillsong uh, has a song entitled Highlands, Song of Ascent. Maybe some of you jot that down if you've never heard that song. uh, I'd encourage you to go check it out. For me, it's one of the go-to songs that I uh, listen to and worship to when I am going through difficulties and challenges. Here's just a couple of the lines from the song. It says this. It says, I will praise you, God, on the mountain, and I will praise you when the mountain's in my way. I will praise you in the valleys, all the same. In the highlands, when things are going well, And in the heartache, all the same. And if I ever walk through the valley of death, I'll sing through those shadows my song of ascent. And and other words uh, that come out of praise and glorification of God that come out in that song. I have sung that song with tears flowing down my face at time because the circumstances in my life were terrible. They were awful. But I have sung that song out, I have belted that song out because I am declaring to God, I'm stating to God, God, I will praise you. God, I will glorify you. I'm acknowledging God that I am called to praise you, to glorify you. In the highlands when things are amazing, yes, and also in the heartaches that we're called to praise God all the same no matter what we're going through. And it's in those moments When I and when you, when we lift up our hearts in resolute praise to God, that he fills us with joy. Again, part of the definition of joy is that inner contentment and satisfaction that he provides, no matter what it is that we're going through. No matter how much our world is crashing in around us. Joy, rejoicing joy, and praising God, they're all the same grouping of words in Scripture. And practically speaking, joy is actually an an antidote to what ails us. That's part of what Proverbs chapter 17 says. It tells us this. It says in verse 22, a joyful heart is good medicine. Say good medicine. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones or saps our person's strength. Joy is good medicine for us, but you know, it's an even better witness for us. You see, having the joy of the Lord is one of the most powerful ways that you and I can share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Friedrich Nietzsche says it this way. He was a German philosopher and an atheist, and he said this once to some Christians. He says, If you want me to believe in your Redeemer, you're going to need to look a lot more redeemed. Man, do you look redeemed? Do you look redeemed? Because one of the ways you look redeemed and perhaps one of the most powerful testimonies that you have is your ability to joyfully glorify and praise God even in the midst of your difficulty, even in the midst of your adversity. We see that in the story of Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16. You, you might know the story. Uh, Paul and Silas had been whipped and beaten and hung up in stocks in prison because they had been preaching the gospel. And in the midst of their pain, remember, Proverbs says, joy is good medicine, right? So in the midst of their pain, the good medicine, what is it that Paul and Silas do if you know the story? In the midst of their pain, what do they do? Anybody know? They're singing. They're praising and glorifying God in the midst of their pain. Acts chapter 16, verse 25 says, all the other prisoners were listening in on this. They're like, "Uh, we've never heard anything like this. Who in the world sings and praises in the midst of pain? They've been tortured, they're hung up. Why in the world are they praising God? Well, they're praising God. And then an earthquake comes. And the strongholds of that, of that place start shaking because we know that God's, you know, God's love, it's breaking through right now. And then the prison doors fling wide and the, and the guard thinks to himself, uh, these prisoners are gonna get away. And if they get away, my number one job is to make sure no prisoner ever gets away. And they're gonna get away because all the prison doors have, are open now. And, and so he decides, I don't, because uh, what would happen to him is he'd be tortured and then he'd be executed. Because he didn't do his job, he said, I, "There's no way I'm going through that." So he gets ready to kill himself in that moment. And in that moment, Paul and Silas tell the jailer, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! We're still here. We, we didn't leave. We didn't go anywhere. You don't need to take your life. We aren't escaping. Don't harm yourself." Their behavior in the midst of all of their circumstances, it made such a profound impact on that jailer that he says to them in Acts chapter 16, what do I need to do? What do I need to do to be saved? What do I need to do to have the attitude that you have? I've been watching you guys and I've been observing you and I don't have what you have. What do I need to do to get that? And because Paul and Silas were able to joyfully rejoice in the midst of some tragedy and some pain, immense pain, this non-believer was drawn to Jesus. You see, like Paul and Silas, you and I, we can experience great joy when we glorify God, when we praise God, no matter what it is that we're going through. I suspect there's a lot of individuals, a lot of Christians, and perhaps some in this room, maybe a lot in this room. You have never, during your pain, during your adversity, during the difficulties you've gone through, you have never thought about the idea of glorifying and praising God and lifting up his name. Man, I can tell you this, when I'm down, when I'm discouraged, when I'm hurting, when I'm in pain, nothing fills me with the joy of the Lord more than when I lift up my heart and soul and voice to God and praise. When I praise and glorify God, I wanna encourage you, I wanna challenge some of you. If you're going through something now or something soon, that you would say, hey, it's time. That in the midst of my pain, I will glorify and praise God. That's how God fills you with his joy. Now, you might think, I don't wanna be afraid, but I am. I'm going through this and and God says to me, don't be afraid, but but God, I am afraid. I have so much junk in my life. You may say, I wanna praise and glorify God, but I just can't seem to do that right now. Well, let's go back to the message that the angel, the angels delivered to the shepherds. We get to see the reason the reason we don't have to be afraid, the reason that we can glorify and praise God, we see in the message the very cause of our joy. We see the reason that we can have joy in this situ- in this circum- season, no matter our circumstances. Luke chapter two, verse eleven, it says, "Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord." Three key words. Are the, are the cause of our joy, the reason we can have joy, the reason we don't have to be afraid, the reason we can praise and worship and glorify God. Why? Because we have a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The first reason you and I can have joy is because the angel said that we have a Savior. Everybody say Savior. We have a Savior. I can tell you this, no matter what you're going through right now, no matter how difficult the challenge is, no matter how great the adversity, your biggest problem is not actually that problem. It's just not. Your biggest problem is actually your sin and my sin. That's our biggest problem. Whatever we're going through right now is temporary, but our sin problem is potentially eternal. All other problems are temporary. Our sin problem is eternal. If we don't deal with our sin, if we don't get saved from our sins, Scripture says, Romans 6.23, the punishment, the wages, what we earn, what's coming our way for our sin is eternal death, separation from God. So we need to deal with that sin. And so one of the greatest reasons for us having joy this Christmas is a Savior. We have a Savior who came to ultimately take his sin upon us so that we could become clean in the eyes of God. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2 says, Christ himself is the means by which our sins are forgiven. Another translation says he's the payment or the propitiation for our sins. If you and I receive Jesus as our Savior, then we can have joy. We can have joy because we have been saved. But there's a second reason we can have joy is is the angel said, we have a Christ. Luke two, verse 11, a savior has been born to you. He is the Christ, say Christ. Christ. Now that word Christ, uh, uh, what does that mean? That wasn't Jesus's actual name. Okay, that was a title. The word Christ or in Greek, Christos, or in Hebrew, the Hebrew word for a Christ or Christos is the Hebrew word Messiah. And, and what does that mean? In ancient Israel, Messiah or Christ, it literally means anointed one. And in ancient Israel, kings were anointed with oil at their coronation. And so God is saying, he had told the Israelites, I am promising you, I will send you a king, an anointed one, a Messiah, a Christ. So Jesus, in this story, we are discovering Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promises to the Jewish people that he would send his Messiah, his king, his anointed one. So you know what Christmas really becomes for you and I? Christmas is this annual reminder that God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. And I don't know about you, but but I need to cling to God's promises and to cling to them often. Some of the favorite promises of God for me that I hold on to, that I grab a hold on to, and I hope you're grabbing a hold of some of those promises as well. For example, for me, Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, Jesus tells us, I will be with you always. I will never leave you. In other words, we are never alone if Jesus is our Lord and Savior. In John chapter 14, Jesus says this, I have my peace that I am going to give you. And in Philippians chapter 4, it tells us that, that this peace that's God's, that he gives us, it will literally guard our hearts and our minds. And in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus promised us if we turn to him, if we come to him, that he's going to give us rest. He promises that for us. And in Romans chapter 10, it tells us, if, you and I, if I confess Jesus is Lord, and I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. God promises me, I will be saved. There's so many promises of God. Are you holding on to some of those promises? Because the fact that we have a Christ, a Messiah, an anointed one, it's a reminder God keeps his promises. The message of the angel that e- the angels that evening is that a Savior has been born to you. He'll forgive you of your sins. You have a Christ. He will keep his promises. And that alone right there is reason for joy, but then the angel goes on and says there's another reason for joy. You have a savior who is Christ the Lord. Say Lord. You have Christ the Lord. To call Jesus Lord, it's using a term that that addresses majesty, that addresses royalty, like saying your majesty or, or your highness. And we have someone who is royalty. He's not just a buddy. You have a Lord, which means you and I have someone who's directing our life, who's leading us and guiding us. Remember, you have lords and you know vassals, so to speak, and, and a Lord would be the one who would who would protect you, who would watch over you, and who would take care of you. And so if you had a Lord, there was comfort in that. If you had a Lord, that means there was peace in that. There was certainty in that. There's stability in that. So when you and I surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, Christ in our life when we submit to his leadership when we humbly come before him and offer our life to him you know what he does he takes the lead in our life when we humbly come before God and we say God I'm here to listen to your voice you're my Lord he'll speak to us and that's when you experience great joy in the surrender and the submission to Jesus Christ your Lord finally This joy we're talking about, it's for right now, today. Luke 2 verse 11, the angel said, Today in the town of David a Savior has been born. Some of us are are, are caught up thinking, I will have joy, I get it, but I'm going to have joy later, after. I'll have joy later, uh, after I get the paycheck, because I'm overextended. I'll have joy later after that relationship is restored. I'll have joy when I see what I got for Christmas. I've laid out everything I want. I put everything on Amazon wish list. I only want what I want. Don't give me anything else. I'll have joy. I made it easy for you. Just check the boxes, buy what I asked for. I'll be joyful when I get through this present trial. I got a lot going on right now, and it's difficult, and it's challenging. Pastor, I understand what you're saying. Once I get through this, I'll tap into this joy thing. Listen, that's not what God's saying. God's saying today, today, today joy is available to you. I can tell you this after the trial you're in, because some of us, again, we tap into this, okay, after the trial, after the tribulation, after the difficulty. After you finish the trial you're in right now, I've got news for you. Another one's coming. Another one's coming. You will always be going through something, in something, or struggling with something. Abyss. Always be in something. You will always be in something. Have you figured that out yet? See, that's, The reality, living on this side of heaven, Jesus said in this life, you're gonna have trouble, you're gonna have difficulty, every single one of us, and while the temptation is to say, okay, okay, I'll be, I'll, I'll rejoice and I'll praise God after, I'll have joy after this trial, once I get through it, then I'll be joyful, but God's word to you and I, to you and to me, is that in the midst of our tragedy, in the midst of our awful circumstances, Philippians chapter four says, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will say it, rejoice, say the word rejoice, Rejoice in the Lord when you get through the trial. It's not what it says. It says rejoice in the Lord how often? Say it out loud. Always. Paul says to choose joy, to rejoice always. And when he wrote those words, his circumstances were terrible. They were awful. He was about to possibly be executed. Recently, some of his closest ministry partners had walked away and had abandoned him. And yet in the midst of the discouragement and the despair, Paul says, I have a message for you. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. He says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, he says, be joyful always. In other words, Paul says, if anyone has a reason to, to be down in the dumps, to be discouraged, to be depressed, to be doubtful, to be, you know, defeated, it's me. He says, but I'm not, and you don't have to either. I'm rejoicing, Paul says, and so can you. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say it, rejoice, be joyful always. Why? We have a Savior who is Christ the Lord today, right now. Christmas, again, I said it means a lot of things to a lot of different people. I love Christmas season, but it's also a difficult season for me. 12 years ago, my family and I were confronted with having the opportunity of whether or not we are going to choose joy, whether or not we are going to praise God and rejoice in the midst of our circumstances, whether or not we are going to trust that Jesus is the Christ, the Lord. See, 12 years ago, my father was in ICU because he had had knee surgery a month prior and ended up getting sick as a result from being in the hospital. So by Christmas Day, We knew, unless God does a miracle and does it quickly, my dad would pass. So I do stand here this morning telling you, I understand, and my heart goes out for anybody who has to spend a Christmas day in the hospital. It's awful. In this COVID season, it's even worse. You can't go into the hospital. Each of us had a choice that day, that Christmas day, that Christmas season. Do we trust in the promises of God? Do we really believe the truth of scriptures? We all chose individually, collectively, as a family, we chose to have joy, to rejoice, to praise God. We chose to trust God's promises that that my dad, when he passed, he would go be with the Lord and we'd be with him one day, for those of us who said yes to Jesus as our Lord and Savior. It was a couple days later that my dad breathed his last and went home to be with his Savior. But I can tell you, joy was present for us that Christmas day. Our circumstances, they were terrible. They were awful. But we knew we had a Christ, one who fulfills his promises, and we knew we'd see my dad again. You see, Christmas is a big deal for me. It's a huge deal for me. It's the constant reminder for me that I can choose joy, that I can have great joy, no matter how awful my circumstances. In fact, Paul, what did he say in Philippians 4? He said, rejoice in the Lord always. He didn't say rejoice in the circumstances. He said, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the knowledge that God is on the throne. Rejoice in the Lord with the knowledge that God loves me, that God cares about me, that God has a plan for my life, that God will never leave me, that he'll never forsake me, that his purposes will prevail. Your joy, it doesn't come from your job or your health or your family or your circumstances, your relationships, your finances. Your joy doesn't come from what you have here on earth or who you're with. Your joy is a gift. It's a gift from God that he gave to us that first Christmas. God's message to you and I, regardless of our circumstances, this season we can celebrate. We have a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And that's all that you and I need to have a joyful Christmas. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, for some, it's easy. They just rejoice, they love this season, life is good, and they're praising you. They're on the mountaintop. God for others, I'm aware, they're in the heartache. They're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And life is difficult and challenging for them right now. And God, I pray no matter in the highlands and in the heartache, all the same, God, that we would come to praise you. That you, God, would fill us with your joy. So God, I pray you would speak to hearts and minds and souls this morning. if you want the joy of the Lord in your life and you know it's been difficult and you've been afraid and you've struggled, I'm going to invite you to pray with me right now. Just to give your heart to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. and He will fill you with his peace and his joy no matter what you're going through. If you want his joy, pray with me right now. Just pray something like this. Say, Jesus, I come before you now in faith. I lay my life before you. I surrender my life to you. God, would you fill me with your peace? Fill me with your joy. God, give me the strength to worship you, to praise you, to glorify you. God, I trust you. I trust your promises for my life that you'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. That you'll give me rest. And So God, I lay my life before you. God, fill me with your joy. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. You can learn more about us by visiting us online at lifepoint.org. If you are ever in the Sacramento area, we would love to see you in person. Events and service times can be found on our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us for our next episode.